0: From Islamic Finance News, the world's leading Islamic finance news provider, this is IFN Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to the IFN Podcast. My name is Nasreen. I'm the news editor at Islamic Finance News and your host in this episode. Today I have with me Kamal Rezadi Arbi, the Advisor on Capital Markets and Islamic Finance at the Capital Market Authority of Oman. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kamal.
1: Thank you for having me, uh, Nasrin. Uh, it's always good to be uh, with uh, IFN.
0: So last month, the CMA proposed a uh, virtual assets regulatory framework for virtual assets, or VAs, and virtual asset service providers, or VASPs, in the country. Um, perhaps maybe to start off, if you could share with us a brief description of the framework, for instance, uh, what it covers, what are the objectives?
1: Sure, sure, Nishim. Um Now… As you are aware, um, um, I think the globally... Uh, there is this trend going towards digitalization and Oman has actually taken the step uh, towards uh, introducing uh, the virtual assets uh, framework uh, similar to some of our regional uh, peers uh, in the GCC. Um, if you've seen some, I mean, if you look at it globally, uh, there is always this trend whether some countries are concerned about uh, digital assets. They, some countries are actually totally banning it. Some are uh, embracing it uh, but um, uh, ensuring uh, precautions and ensuring you know certain uh, parameters are in place uh, on in, in 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 the context of Oman. We have decided to to embrace uh, digital assets. Uh, Again, uh, this is one way of uh, uh, moving towards uh, financial inclusion. It's part of Oman Vision 2040, and there is also another uh, Oman Vision 20 digitalized uh, digital strategy of Oman 2030. Um, If you've seen some of the other countries in the GCC, um, I think um, Bahrain is one of the early starters. They have a very good framework there. Uh, Bahrain, they were they were the lead, and followed by of course Dubai, and to an extent also uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, I think Saudi has yet to introduce their framework. So Oman is actually following suit. Uh, we are actually introducing ours. We are not a late starter, but um, uh, if you look at uh, Dubai, even uh, they they just set up their VARA, which is the Virtual Assets Regulatory Authority, uh, that was just set up this year, sometime middle this year, and they just issued their white paper. Also recently, so we hope to to actually issue a framework, uh, inshallah, before the end of this year. We've actually issued a consultation paper, a white paper to the to the public. Uh, we've gotten good feedback. So what we'll do is actually, uh, uh, in a way, following similar models like uh, Bahrain. So it encompasses uh, registration, registering the uh, virtual asset service providers. Okay, whoever wants to establish themselves in Oman, but at the same time also looking at regulating the virtual assets itself. So it's both uh, VSPs and also VAs. And uh, if you look at some of the models in, for example, Dubai, well, more. Abu Dhabi, uh, but uh, Dubai has a quite a quite uh, quite a comprehensive framework. They are regulating both VASPs and VA, uh, VAS, where some countries are just looking at the uh, virtual asset service provider, i.e., licensing the players themselves. So our first step, we've actually. Um, had in place uh, the uh, registration of VASPs for uh, AML because that's the first step in, in order to ensure that, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the protection is there relating to anti-money laundering. Um, and that we have actually put in place and we've actually registered some of the players. What the second step is actually introducing the licensing framework uh, which we hope to introduce by, you know, by the end of this year.
0: Uh, I do remember coming across uh, information that um, while the framework was announced earlier this year in February, around February twenty twenty three, um, I understand that efforts started in twenty twenty and that there was a discussion with the Central Bank of Oman even considering banning um, uh, the assets altogether. What happened to change? This and, and what happened uh, in between that time uh, that made Armand um, think, you know what? Let's just uh, take this on.
1: Okay, it's it's actually a continuation. Uh, in 2020 a task force was set up between uh, CME and uh, the Capital Market Authority and the central bank uh, j- a bit of a, a, a background the capital Market Authority uh, actually uh, notwithstanding the name uh, actually uh, looks at regulating both the cap regulating and developing both the capital market and the insurance sector whereas the central bank looks at the banking sector so somewhat a bit different than Malaysia you know uh, the other way around now when 2020 when it started a Task Force was actually established. Uh, that Task Force was uh, also trying to see uh, whether, uh, as I mentioned earlier, whether uh, Oman should 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 embrace uh, 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 digital assets or totally, uh, you know, uh, ban it altogether. You know, in uh, like like certain countries uh, in, in other parts of the world. However, we had decided to actually embrace it. Now, that Task Force then was started to initially look at the AML procedures. You know, uh, anti-money laundering uh, procedures and requirements because at the same time, uh, as part of VASPs, v, uh, in regulating VASPs, Oman will also be assessed by FATF. The financial action task force uh, looking at uh, you know all the AML requirements. So that was the first step. So so 2020 uh, was a first step. One the decision: the decision to actually embrace digital assets. And secondly, okay, we need to move on. So hence, we put in place first the AML framework. Okay, and by. Uh, Well, uh, actually, by 2021, early last uh, 2022, then we came up with the registration framework for uh, VASPs for AML, right? So, So that framework is there in place specifically for any virtual asset service providers who wish to operate in Oman, but there is the AML requirement. So we had actually set out and so we set out with that first. So that was the first phase. In order to ensure the AML requirements are there, we will register them. We will check in terms of the all the you know uh, AML uh, procedures, requirements. Uh, you know, looking at all the service providers, and then the next phase. Then uh, we we actually started in twenty twenty two to come up with a framework. Right. Uh, so that it was not not a lag time, but it was actually a face by face approach. And uh, we also wanted to ensure that we are not not in any red list of fatav, you know, because it was a. It's also another important undertaking for the country, and that would actually be done uh, this year or early next year. Sorry. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, going back to the framework, and I just wanted to note this. I thought this was interesting uh, that. Uh, When it comes to what the framework covers and what it doesn't, uh, digital representations of fiat currencies, securities and other financial assets that have already been covered by other frameworks are not included here. I thought that was an interesting thing. Privacy coins are not allowed. And other um, cryptos that you know enhance anonymity, um, and that also VASPs need to have a physical local presence. Uh, I, I basically, I'm curious about how the stakeholders and in the industry players feel about all of this. Since you got the feedback, what can you share with us?
1: Um, we, um, I, I think we we can proudly say that we had very. Positive and good feedback from the uh, industry players, especially from the public. I think they were uh, they were also um, uh, I think uh, supportive in the sense that uh, again, as a as a first phase, you know, uh, introducing uh, digital assets uh, in Oman. Um, uh, in terms of privacy coins, I think. Um, uh, at the end, you, you know how privacy coins work, right, Nasreen? Um, I think uh, at the end we need a bit more disclosure and transparency. Uh, n- notwithstanding, we would like the framework to be facilitative, open, and 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 um, attractive enough to 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 actually encourage uh, more players to, uh, especially international players, to come into Oman. Uh, but but I think uh, other than that, except for privacy coins, I think. Uh, um, everything will be actually be under the CME. Uh, now, of course, when it relates to any form, okay. So, when it comes to the issuance, uh, trading, uh, uh, you know, for in investments relating to crypto assets, ICOs, initial coin offerings, uh, tokens, uh, the trading investments, that will actually come under the CME. Uh, but when it comes to uh, uh, those for those form of assets are being used as a form of payment. Then, of course, other regulatory authorities would need to come in, including the central bank uh, when it relates to uh, a form of payment. So, uh, so as a first phase, I think uh, there there is some uh, 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 we need to be a bit more cautious. Uh, hence, uh, privacy coins was was not something that we want to take up for now. And I think that we had good uh, good uh, 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 feedback from from the public itself. You know, uh, and everyone is actually keen to actually come in.
0: I can imagine. Well, let's talk about the Islamic finance part of it. What are the implications on Islamic finance? Maybe you can give us a, a snapshot of um, Islamic fintech and Islamic finance in this particular sector in Oman. Hmm. What can you tell us?
1: Now, one of the things as uh, as a regulator and also an authority developing the financial market, we are always keen in wanting to introduce uh, an alternative financing platform you know Uh, you have the banking sector but at the same time um, you need to introduce some other uh, funding mechanisms uh, alternative funding mechanisms uh, for the country for the companies you know for the people Uh, and that is one of the agenda of of, uh, enhancing uh, financial inclusion now uh, enhancing financial inclusion is a key component of islamic finance right uh, because we need to bear in mind that at the end uh, uh, introducing all this financial instrument is a means to an end right uh, you need to connect it back to the real economy because it's a means to the end in order to provide this alternative uh, financing for, 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 for the companies for economic development Right, uh, hence connecting back, so it's not something which is just uh, standing in vacuum. So um, at the same time, you are uh, we are introducing alternative financing uh, 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 mechanism in order to diversify the financial market. Uh, in order, in, in at the same time to uh, 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 diversify, uh, you know, away from the systemic risk of the banking sector itself. Now, if you look at at the whole, uh, let's talk about the reg- uh, about the region in the in the GCC. Uh, now, during the oil crisis, uh, during the COVID uh, uh, crisis, um, uh, you see there is a lot of efforts by the governments in the GCC uh, to diversify the economy, uh, especially away from the oil and gas sector. Um, I think you've seen that in Saudi and and other uh, countries, including Oman, and and uh, the and they had actually introduced Oman Vision twenty forty, and some of the sectors uh, as part of the national diversification is to look at other sectors uh, for example uh, manufacturing tourism logistics fisheries uh, and uh, mining you know those are other those are the sectors which which is part of the country's diversification program now when you diversify um, at the same time you need to actually build the sme base Right, uh, SME base the entrepreneurs uh, in order to actually build those those industries in order to diversify the economy away from the from the from the current oil and gas sectors. So. But building up the SME base, they need financing. Now, these US, SMEs are actually companies. Sometimes have difficulty in actually getting financing directly from the banks. You know, banks like collateral, you know, so forth and so on, and it's difficult for them. So, hence the reason why we need to actually look at means and ways for 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 uh, means and ways to actually help them. Um, and hence, one of the reason, one of the things that we did uh, relating to the fintech was. Uh, uh, crowdfunding platforms, crowdfunding fintech platforms, and crowdfunding not only on ECF equity crowdfunding but also P2P lending. Okay, uh, both platforms actually come under the CME, and P2P lending uh, is a good way of providing that alternative fin- financing to some of these SMEs, especially in relation to supply chain financing, invoice financing. Uh, and, and, and in a way, I think uh, I, I was uh, in another event uh, previously, it's, it's part of embedded finance embedded finance which relates back to Islamic finance so so here you have an integration of uh, of a financial uh, uh, of a financing method within a uh, uh, non-financial platform you know without having to go back to the banks Uh, hence the reason you have uh, BNPL buy now pay later you have uh, in-app processing payments uh, and P2P actually comes under it including micro insurance so All these parts is part of the uh, uh, government's uh, way of diversifying the economy. You need to look also at the demographics. For example, you have in uh, in the GCC, Saudi has a large population, probably about 35 million, right? 60% of it are locals right you have oman population of about 6 million 60% are actually locals but then you look at the other side uae probably yeah they have a population of about 9 million but only 10% is locals and and qatar qatar has a population of about probably about 3 million okay only 10% are locals so for saudi and oman we have a large Local domestic population base, and at the same time, that's where we need to develop the uh, entrepreneurs, and at the same time, the SMEs. How do we do that? Uh, providing that alternative financing, and hence the reason why it's part of the agenda in 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 uh, part of agenda for financial inclusion. You know, ensuring that they have. Uh, a direct access to financing without going to a financial intermediary, uh, without going to the banks, you can go direct to the investors uh, using fintech platforms, using digital assets uh, in order to actually fund uh, their businesses and for real economic development. I'll just touch about on the digital assets part um, I think there are various ways where we've seen in the market and, and that's something that we are introducing inside the framework. For example, now looking at developing the sectors, I- including developing the infrastructure and the real estate and the properties. Hence, uh, one way is looking at tokenization of real estate, real estate tokenization. You're lo- and at the same time, you're looking at financial in- instruments like blockchain sukuk, which has also been introduced in some of the other countries, right? So these are the things that, can be used uh, as a means in order to provide all these SME, the companies, as uh, you know, uh, uh, at alternative uh, financing. So it's not just a pure trading or investment. That's also uh, on the cards. But but this is one of the other ways, including through initial coin offerings.
0: And speaking of sukuk, mm. this is my last question. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about the Islamic capital market in Oman. Mm. Um, I mean, we've seen a lot of activity in the past three years alone. And of course, um, we are expecting um, a sovereign sukuk issuance coming up. In general, what can you tell us about uh, where the Islamic capital market of Oman is headed? What is something that's exciting about it that we can look forward to? Any trends that you think uh, are coming up or that you hope to see from the market?
1: Yes um well as as part of the uh, government's uh, I, I cannot speak directly on behalf of the government but uh, this is being handled by the debt management uh, office of the minister of finance so yes this is as part of the government's uh, continuous efforts one uh, not not so much to raise funds, but uh, similar to what Malaysia did in order to develop the depth and, and breadth of the domestic bond and sukuk market in Oman itself. So so there will be continuous uh, issuances, you know, of such instruments in the market itself, and and hopefully there there will be one soon uh, coming out, uh, you know, uh, possibly probably before the end of the year. Uh, but. Uh, um, I think on on Oman itself, and especially on the CMA, uh, we've been involved in developing the Islamic capital market from the very beginning since the introduction of the Islamic banking and finance uh, in 2013. Um, from there, you know, uh, a lot of uh, sukuk issuances have been uh, established, uh, issued uh, uh, in Oman, both in terms of uh, sovereign suku and also the corporate suku. I think you've seen a lot of uh, structures in place. We've issued the first perpetual suku. We've actually, uh, in Oman, we've allowed also multi-currency suku, both, you know, whether it's US dollar or Omani real, uh, you know, and we've also had the first retail suku also in Oman. So so I think within the span of 10 years, I think that has been quite an achievement. Now, if you look at in terms of percentage, um, now on the banking side, Islamic Bank, Banking assets uh, represents about 16% you know, of, of the banking uh, total banking assets. Capital market is roughly about 12%. Uh, and then at the same time, because we also regulate the Takaful operators, uh, that's roughly about 14% uh, uh, about of the Takaful premiums uh, uh, in, in Oman. So, so you see if you see that um, looking at both the banking, capital market, and Takaful, uh, the percentage that has actually grown over the, the last 10 years. I think that is uh, I think quite an achievement by itself. I mean, we can't compare Malaysia. Malaysia has been there for the last 40, 50 years. But, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, it, it's, it's not so bad. Uh, so we are seeing more issuance of sukuk. I think... It's it's always a uh, it's always a question of educating the market awareness. You know, uh, from from twenty thirteen, some people do not know what is a sukuk, uh, but now they understand. They can actually use a program. They can use it as part of their project development. You know, going into phases uh, depending on the structures. You know, uh, you know, not not everything is to be hard assets yeah, uh, in, in that sense. So so we've seen that they take up growing, um, and we we as part of further development. Um, I mean, we are introducing uh, a form of master plan uh, in terms of developing uh, the bond and sukuk market. Uh, Hopefully, it will be coming out soon. And this is developing the local currency bond market uh, and bond and sukuk market uh, in Oman. Uh, That's something that we are looking at. At the same time, um, we will also be issuing a new bonds and sukuk regulation and update uh, of the framework uh, in order to make it uh, more facilitative and efficient, uh, you know, in terms of the time process uh, uh, you know uh, for, for example private placement um, it could be quicker it's just a one-day approval uh, in terms of um, you know prospectuses. Uh, it could just be in English only. So because we understand the needs of the private sector, at the end there's only two things that the private sector actually looks at: time and cost, right? Time and money. Yeah, so if those two we are able to actually uh, uh, facilitate, then it's something uh, positive from the market. At the same time, the new bonds and Sukuk so regulation will have something relating to the ESG sustainable financing framework. So this is something that we like to introduce. Now the question is, of course, more the take-up uh, again sustainable financing is something that a lot of countries is pushing but on the ground realistically realistically, is the question of also the cost you know and, and the time of actually issuing such uh, instruments but then again those frameworks will be in the new bond and sukuk so regulation. regulations so, so that will be something coming out uh, hopefully next month inshallah
0: excellent thank you so much for that we, we truly look forward to it is there anything you would like to add that was my last question
1: um I think the only thing Nasrin um developing Islamic finance um you know we we need to see um I mean we need to 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 look and see what's the next stage you know we um, uh, we need to, to actually uh, be more facilitative uh, in looking at some of the instruments be more innovative and not just copying some of the conventional uh, instruments um, again at the same time I, uh, what I've mentioned earlier on uh, all these instruments are not just something uh, as, uh, you know uh, being issued in vacuum um, uh, it, it, it's, it's always linked back to the real economy it's a means to the end in order to develop Uh, you know, a more just and prosperous uh, society, you know, Uh, and for the ummah, inshallah.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Well, that's our time. Um, Again, I'd like to thank you for uh, joining us today. I know you have a very busy schedule. Thanks for dropping by.
1: Thank you for having me, Nasrin, again. Thank you. (laughs)
0: Thank you for listening. For more discussions on the Islamic finance industry, log on to www.islamicfinancenews.com. You can also listen to IFN Podcast on your favorite platforms, including iTunes and Spotify.